0: Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Nico Ortega. Nico, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell our listeners who you are and where you're from.
1: Okay. So I'm Nico Ortega. I'm co-founder and CEO of Movo. It's a subscription type uh, living opportunity for digital nomads. We're a company based in Miami. Previous to this, we were a short-term rental management company with operations in six U.S. cities. We had over 250 properties. With COVID, obviously, a lot of changes in our industry. Uh, we pivoted our business model. We changed uh, after seeing ha- ha- how the digital nomad movement started being becoming so mainstream. People were so comfortable with working from home and home starting to become sort of this really didn't have to be anywhere specific, right? People noticed that they could work from wherever and live from wherever. Um, So we decided to pivot our business, try to capitalize on that opportunity. And here we are.
0: Awesome. And Nuovo is spelled N-U-O-V-O for those of you interested in checking it out online. So I myself was a digital nomad and loved it. I mean, it used to be like, Zoom meetings were not normal pre-COVID, right? (laughs) People would ask me, oh, yeah, you want to meet? And they're just across the county from me in San Diego or in Orange County. And I'd be like, yeah, let's jump on Zoom. And this is like after I had already run a business overseas and come back because I was so accustomed to it. But now all of a sudden with the pandemic, boom, everyone's online. Everyone's on zoom. Everyone's used to this digital life. And so essentially like every person working in the world was a digital nomad for like (laughs) 12 months, 18 months. So what a great time for you to really pivot and focus on that niche because really nowadays you don't have to work close to where you live and vice versa. You can focus more on work-life play, like, hey, I want to, you know, for example, New York. I don't want to live in the city. I want to live outside of it near a lake at a golf course that it, it would be impossible. It would take me three hours to get to New York if I had to go to the office every day, but I don't. And I could still get all my work done, right? So this concept is now mainstream, like you said. And it's very interesting. I, I definitely want to dive into what you have going on today with Nuovo.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. We saw that obviously the pandemic brought so many changes to our lives, um, and the first one was that it actually forced us to go entirely digital. I think for two months, three months, when literally the entire world was locked in their homes, yeah. uh, and people had to continue running their business, continue doing their things. We we were all in very delicate situations, uh, passing through tough times. But but good things come out of crisis. Uh, every right after crisis comes an opportunity. And I think it just shed some light into this the digital world or or way of working and living that we hadn't really experienced in a mainstream way. And if you look at it now, the quality of life of digital nomads, it's it's much better, right? Let's say for people that live in New York or live in San Francisco, right? They're barely making ends meet with the skyrocketing rents that they needed to pay for a little shoebox of an apartment, correct? Now they're basically they can perform their same job. They're much happier with themselves, living in some other place that truly and really makes them uh, makes them happy to live there, right? I know a lot of my friends. uh, At least I have a lot of friends that work. uh, I went to school in Boston in Bentley University, which is a finance and accounting college. So a lot of my friends obviously ended up in, in in Wall Street in New York, right? And a lot of my friends, they, they were miserable because, yeah, they were making good money, but a bunch of that money was being spent on rent and their quality of life suffered. And they were always not envious, but in a sense, they saw me living in Miami we're had the beach and it was just so, so much more comfortable than I, and you had more space and you had more green space and so forth. So it really it kind of opened the doors to to being able to live and do whatever you want to do and and do it better, actually, because you're you're much happier with yourself. You're much happier with your situation. That allows you to perform a lot better, a lot better in whatever it is that you do. Uh, That being said, this is not for everything, for everybody. I particularly couldn't be a digital nomad just because I'm 31 years old. I'm relatively young, but I already have two kids, right? So In my particular case, I do like to give them some stability, but there are other families, like complete families that choose this. I don't know. There's this family, they have a YouTube channel called The Bucket List Family. They literally live around the world. They don't have a particular place. And it's awesome to see things like this. It's awesome to see more and more people adopting this. And it's not just single people. It's not just younger people. It's uh, across the board. Obviously, there's a, a stronger focus on the younger generations, if you look at it this way. The total U.S. workforce, I think around 56% or percent of millennials are part of the, of the total U.S. workforce, are working from home, and around 40-something of Gen Zs are also working from home. These are around 50 million people that really don't have like a physical attachment to to anything, and they can basically live from wherever they want. So we're focusing particularly on that niche of clientele targeting the younger generations, obviously with properties that people want more authentic lifestyles. They want to experience more. They want to live with it. if you're coming to live for a Miami for a couple of months, you want to feel Miami, right? You just you don't want to go into a random hotel where everything is just like it is in the same hotel or the same line of hotels in somewhere else. So we try to give sure. that you wanna live like
0: a local instantly.
1: Exactly. Live like a local and experience the locality, become friends with the other people in the community that are probably experiencing the exact same thing as you and want to have that same experience of sharing with somebody else. So it's a pretty amazing time really to to live in with this sort of nomadic lifestyle, which kind of brings us back to prehistoric times and how the humans lived and traveled and started discovering the world in general.
0: As nomads. Yeah. And as no- with with that being said you didn't just arrive at this out of nowhere. So I'd love to learn how you got into the real estate industry in the first place and and what kind of made you think about, well, you know, we're doing these, um, almost like property management for homeowners and helping them to do, you know, short term rentals and then it all pivoted. But like, what got you into it in the beginning into real estate?
1: Yeah. So right after I graduated college, I really wanted to stay in Boston, find a job there. My wife, girlfriend at the time, wife now girlfriend at the time, was living in Providence. So I wanted to stay over there and just continue my life over there. But I had a good job offer back home. I'm originally from Ecuador to start working at my family's real estate development firm where my brother was the general manager. And the project was super ambitious. It was to create... They were focused on middle income housing, and the project was to create the commercial real estate, the uh, commercial real estate division. So I eventually went back home. I was already done with college for like a semester already. I just wanted to go back and start working, started getting my hands dirty, start learning. So I went back home, started this project. We built a shopping mall and we started, we purchased the land and started building. An entire complex that had apartment, hotels, a parking building, a, um, offices, everything. A in master one of the, plan community. Yeah. A master plan community. Yeah, exactly. In one of the most coveted areas of the largest city of the country. So it was fun. I was there for around two and a half years. The shopping mall, we sold it at 90% completion uh, to a group of investors. And then the other one, it was basically like a land flip. Um, we bought the land, we developed the project in floor plans, and then we sold that off to another to another developer. At that point in time, country situation in Ecuador, you know, very Latin America type uh, politics. So my brother and I decided to come to Miami. When we came to Miami, we obviously wanted to do something in real estate. We had already been working together for three years, and you know, it just made sense for us to for us to partner. And we started looking into different things, and it just all kind of clicked. We started seeing how The sharing economy in that sense, right now it's the creator economy, but in that time it was the sharing economy was blowing up. You know, you had Uber that was going crazy. You had Airbnb that was going crazy as well. These things were starting to pop up. And my brother, he had gone to high school here in Miami. So he had a good friend that owned a rental community, an apartment building. And we came up with the idea of saying, hey, rent us one apartment. We'll furnish it, we'll equip it, and then uh, we'll rent it out via Airbnb and try to make some money off of that until you know we figure out what we wanted to do. we were, both of us were pretty convinced that we wanted to be in some sort of real estate development, house flipping, or buying land and building something, something right. in that in that nature. So we went we went to do this, and the building owners told us, you know, we can't just rent you one apartment for you to do this. It needs to be a minimum of five. So okay, things started to get a little bit more serious. And we decided, you know what, let's let's give it a shot, right? So we came up with a capital, which my other brother funded us to, to do this. And we started operating those five apartments. One thing led to another. We quickly realized that that product was very interesting for people. A lot of people from Latin America that were traveling with big families were coming in and were using our apartments and our products. And it quickly started growing. And from there, we just... Started growing in that property. We later recognized we, we can't have all of our eggs in one basket. We grew to another property. Then we grew into another area of the city. Then we grew a little bit further up north into Fort Lauderdale. Then we expanded into Orlando, then Atlanta, then Philadelphia, then Houston, then Portland. And we just basically started growing this. And you know the company, by the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic, we were managing about 250 units and had about $7-8 million in annual revenue which was amazing. Then obviously the pandemic hit and we are not a venture-backed company. So there, there weren't tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, like mm-hmm. a lot of companies. So we really had to be very careful on how we acted and what decisions we made in order to be able to survive the pandemic. Because on one side, right. we, we had people saying that oh, the pandemic is only gonna last for two weeks. Um, it's gonna pass, You know, we're gonna be locked here and then it's all good. And then uh, there were other people that were saying that was gonna last like four years and all of the airlines were gonna go back, but then it was gonna be the end of the world and this and that. So really we had to
0: have you read the book Who Moved My Cheese? I have not. It seems like you were the mouse that immediately started looking for new cheese. It's (laughs) it's it's like it's like one it's like an afternoon read. It's super, super thin, super quick, but it's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's awesome. So the pandemic happens, you have a seven, $8 million business that you've built with your brothers over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And all of a sudden, boom, the rug is pulled out from under you. Oh my gosh, what do we do now? So now you're thinking critically with your brother, like, okay, well, we have this portfolio of properties so far. People aren't traveling as much, but people are working from
1: home. Is that
0: the epiphany moment?
1: i'm gonna admit i would have loved it to be like right away but it wasn't right <laughs> away it wasn't right away it's not like it just clicked so at that point in time what what we decided on doing was really we felt it literally the first day after the trump travel ban announcement because we had a bunch of money that was just like chargebacks and refund requests and all of this it just came like a wave, a tsunami of requests, like we couldn't handle. So we felt it right away. And we were in the brink of collapsing when we decided, you know what, we need to do something about this. We need to take action. This was 12 hours in, literally. We need to do something because if we don't do anything and we try to wait it out, I'm 100% sure that we're not gonna survive this, right? If we do something, there's a 10% chance we might get out of this, right? So we started finding ways to do it. We started speaking to our landlords, please, you know, we had a little bit of everything. We had the supportive ones the 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 ones that understood our conundrum or dilemma in a sense, because, you know, we had leases with them. We had to pay them. But on the other end, it wasn't just that we weren't getting any new business or money coming in. It was that there was money coming out because people were, you know, we had 90 days booking in advance. So all of the people were requesting that money back. And there were others that weren't so comprehensive. We managed to reach like a good medium. Uh, we, uh, we let go of some of those properties. Uh, we stayed in some of those properties and changed them and shifted them to management agreements in order to withstand the first few months that were brutal. And as we started evolving uh, and as we started seeing people working from home and more and more companies saying, okay, everybody can work from home 100% of the time if that's what they choose to do. And people leaving their corporate offices and digital nomad movement starting to appear. It's not something that we like on the first day. The digital move uh, nomad movement is, is gonna be right. No, it was right. like it was like a group of things that started to come together, and we and and we started recognizing. Sure.
0: Yeah. So it was a couple months in, and then now it's May June 2020, something like that, and you started to see the writing on the wall that whoa, we could pivot to this new model. So then you pivot. And I'm curious now where Nuovo is today. Um, are you raising capital? Are you in a process where you have, you know, like 1200 properties now? Like what, where are you at today now?
1: No, so we actually scaled down post COVID okay. just because we, we needed to be able to withstand this. And in order to withstand it, we needed to be in the most basic uh, lean, uh, lean, lean. As, as lean as possible. So we scaled down right now. We only have presence in Miami, but the beauty of it is we have all of the experience in the world in growing in other markets. We've grown in markets similar to Miami. We've grown in markets that are completely different to Miami, different time zones. Even mm-hmm. we know which markets we want to go to and which markets we don't want to go to. So that has given us a bunch of clarity into what we want to do. And that's what we're doing right now. Right now, we a couple of weeks ago, we launched an equity crowdfunding campaign through Republic which we launched a couple of weeks ago. It's been doing fantastic. We have around 200 investors and about $65,000 raised. And the idea is to use those funds in order to be able to continue to grow our portfolio, not just in South Florida, but throughout the United States and eventually eventually in Latin America as well, it, to be able well, to I, offer it to digital nomads.
0: What I really like about the model is it's extremely lean from a capital standpoint because it seems like you're just coming to lease agreements with property owners you don't have to acquire the property so not only do you not have to acquire that asset until you're ready but you're just paying a lease with maybe like first month down in a deposit and then month one you're profitable because maybe month two if you need to go you know add some things to it but month one or two you're profitable because When these things are renting out for, you know, five grand, six grand a month, whatever you're paying two, month one, you're profitable. You have no debt. All you're, all you're in is a lease agreement. So the ability to scale up and scale down with relative ease and low risk makes it pretty attractive from an investment standpoint.
1: It's extremely attractive and, and, and even more, that's how we started our business in the first place. One of the worries that we had. Uh, not one of the worries, but one of the hypotheses we had when we were looking for investors initially uh, was we always told them the fact that we have leases and we're not purchasing the properties makes it so that whenever there is an economic downturn or something of that nature, we can easily scale up and down depending on what we need. Yeah. And we proved so that. that. the leases uh, lapse. Yeah, you just... Exactly. Yeah. And we proved that with COVID. Uh, we were able to scale down and right now we're scaling back up again. But even right. more it's even leaner now our business model because uh, we're not entering into leases anymore from a risk or liability standpoint we feel you know we're still responsible for for paying those leases and it's usually the minimum is a one year contract and we don't you know there is the risk in a sense of another shutdown another lockdown another wave i don't know i think we're in like the eighth or ninth wave now but another wave that can sort of shake things up a bit so we decided to shift towards revenue management agreements, which we make a little bit less money per booking in a sense, but the counterpart, and we don't take on the liability or the risk of the lease, but on the counterpart, we provide the landlord with the upside of the short-term the short term rent versus just renting it to market rent to you directly on a fixed 13-month or 12-month lease. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so we provide them that upside. And what we've seen in our experience over the past five, it's going to be six years now since we started the company, is that we generate around two to 2.5 times as much revenue as market rent using the, the short-term rental and digital nomad living model. And that in turn becomes between a 15 to a 20% more net income on that particular unit for the owner, obviously, because there are more costs associated, to, associated to, to the operation. So we allow the owner of that property to be able to participate on that. And, you know, at times it's been asked to us, you know, the owner can just put it up on Airbnb and and make it happen. And yeah, you can put up a property on Airbnb and a lot of people that do it individually. But when you start handling more and more units and a bulk of units in a single unit, there's different things that benefit from it. So one of the things that that we developed was our revenue management system. It's basically being able to sell the right room at the right price, the right person and at the right time. Right, So it's being as efficient as you possibly can in the rental and what you're charging your customers to be able to get the customer the best available deal and for you as an owner-manager to be able to get the best return possible. So it takes account, it's a technology that takes into account everything from internal KPIs to external KPIs, right? So it pulls information from airports as how many flights are coming in, how many people are traveling, what our competitors are pricing each single day and how their changes are doing, what demand is looking like, what events are going on in the city. And then on the internal side, it takes into account where our sales space is, what our current occupancy is, what our current ADR is. ADR stands for average daily rate. And it also takes into account what our budget is, what we're searching for, what we're looking for, what occupancy we're doing. And it shifts and adjusts our prices on the daily. So we are able to offer the best possible deal to the guests coming in, and we are able to get the most uh, out of that property, uh, return wise. if I explain? Is that proprietary? Yes, and we have a theory because neither my brother or nor nor I were we're not engineers, we're not coders, we're not developers. If we had a theory when we started this company, obviously we were getting into a very technology heavy industry with the sharing economy. So when we started the company, we said. If there's something that's already built out there, we need to leverage it, right? We need to leverage the tools that are out there because there are people that are experts in what they do, and can bring us a lot, of, a lot of value. So that's what we started doing. We started adding, adding, and adding, and adding, and adding more and more software to be able to make our business more efficient. And when it came that we were expanding outside of Miami, which was the market that we, well, you know, you, you you live here, so you get that grasp and you get that feel of the city and how it acts and how it performs, right? But as we started to expand, as a, from a real estate background, we ran our numbers very thoroughly, right? So we knew exactly what the next city needed to perform, like which was Orlando. And as we started operating it, we quickly realized that you know, the numbers that were in the underwriting were not what we were looking at in reality. And we knew that the underwriting wasn't it wasn't the problem, but the problem was in the actual operation and the actual revenue management and what we're being able to get out of the property so at that point in time we started uh, no we we hired consultants from the hotel industry we hired consultants from the traditional vacation rental industry we hired software from the hotel industry and we hired software from the traditional vacation rental industry and what we started seeing was that as we were running all of these strategies up to like right next to our own strategy we were still outperforming them and we noticed okay how can we still be outperforming them and not reaching the numbers that we want to reach? So that's when we decided to just go deep in and say, "Okay, let's hire somebody that comes and works for us—an engineer—and he's a data scientist and machine learning expert. He was actually my brother's professor in his MBA, so he he came on. He caught onto our problem like this, and just we started working on it, started measuring all of these KPIs and things, and it be- started becoming something much more much more interesting and much more profound than what we were seeing and what we started seeing as we started developing this is that the system or the algorithm allowed shed light into things that we were not noticing to the clear eye because either we were not quick enough to react to or uh, we just didn't understand them or didn't see them the way they were because it was a Orlando even though it's a 3 hour car ride from Miami it's a completely different market different demographics, different seasonality, different competitors, different rate types and so forth than Miami. So we went full in, we developed this. And right now, this system is basically what runs our company uh, rate-wise. It's a proprietary technology. It's called Dostradamos. And yeah, when we started implementing that, our revenues increased 20% just just like that. It's amazing.
0: That's awesome. And that does create a lot more depth to the project in and of itself because when you're creating stuff like that to accomplish your revenue goals easier, more efficiently, maximizing profit, that's the type of stuff that you can sell your company later and that proprietary algorithm is what is worth the, you know, 100 time multiplier (laughs) of of revenue. So um, that's really exciting and awesome to hear the journey of the different hurdles along the way, the different pivots that you've made, the real estate background, understanding we don't know coding, we're gonna hire consultants, we're gonna borrow software, we're going to then pull in this data scientist. And now you're you're here today, you know, raising capital, super lean. And, you know, I admire it. I'm an entrepreneur myself and we're about the same age. So, you know, I definitely wanna support in any way that I can. One thing that I wanna ask you, based on your entrepreneurial journey is you know what is the single most important action that you've taken on a daily basis that has attributed attributed most to your success
1: i would say well it's a combination of things actually um, okay. but obviously in in my life covid has changed everything especially in my in my adult life so i would say first of all to be grateful for for what you have not take the little things for granted i Luckily for me, uh, I know a lot of people, well, not luckily, but I have, I know a lot of people that suffered greatly with personal losses with COVID in my intimate circle or family. uh, We didn't have any losses and there were cases that were positives and so forth, but I personally never had it. My wife had it, but very mild. So we, we really didn't have a negative experience with that. So I wouldn't, but I know people that have gone through terrible times with, with this. So just be grateful for that. Take every moment, appreciate everything, appreciate the little things. Time with my kids, for example, is invaluable to me right now. And I think that COVID, in a sense, has changed a lot of the ways we see things. That's personally. And then on the more professional level is keep grounded, keep focused, never give up, and understand that we're on a journey, that everybody has their own journey, that difficult times will come. But... You know, all of this hard work, all of this grinding, all of this preparation is for when the opportunity meets itself, the opportunity comes and you'll be able to capitalize it. That small moment of opportunity. I've been talking recently to a lot of mentors, a lot of good friends, and we've been we've been talking about how their success came about. And really what they've what they've told me is, you know, and this a quote comes up uh, a lot. It's like luck happens or luck occurs when preparation meets opportunity. And really it is just keep grinding, keep going at it, uh, that your time will come. Your moment of, like your eureka moment will come. You just have to be ready for when it comes and be prepared. That's basically basically sort of the lessons that I've learned throughout this journey that is nowhere near ending.
0: yes absolutely and you definitely show wisdom beyond your years you mentioned your mentors that's definitely how i have been able to stand on the shoulders of giants and distill decades of their experience into days or into hours and then be able to leverage that and make a greater impact and take companies farther and so really i can tell that you know you lean on those mentors, you, you know, you ask consultants for advice, you, you're open to being able to get somewhere faster by just, you know, paying for some coaching or like, you know, ha- having someone that's already accomplished what you want to accomplish in your life and, and having them shed light on, you know, your journey and, and help you in any way that they can. So really value that. I think it's a, a common theme with a lot of successful entrepreneurs. I'm curious if there is a question that I should have asked you, or if there's anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier.
1: Well, I think I've pretty much covered everything on, on, on Wobble, on what we're doing and what we're building. It's been a journey and I feel like we're at a time or where we're at a, an opportunity in all of our lifetimes where things happen on the, on, on the daily. Right. So things can just next second change next second become huge. So. So yeah, no, I think I've covered pretty much everything. Um, I, I invite everybody, all of the listeners here, to go visit our our republic campaign. The link it's it's fairly simple. It's www.republic.co slash nuovo. That's n-u-o-v-o. Take a look at the campaign and give me your thoughts, send me your feedback, connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, whatever you feel. I appreciate the feedback. If it's your thing, go ahead, throw a couple of bucks there. You can invest as little as $100. If it's not your thing, I appreciate it. Share it with somebody that you might like. Send me a DM through LinkedIn, Instagram or whatever. Um, I'm always there, happy to help, happy to receive feedback and just try to make this uh, something better and bigger than it already is. Awesome. Yeah, it's
0: an exciting project and you guys are definitely onto something, so I'll probably run it by some of my investor friends, just see if they're interested because honestly being at the, at the and I'm not going to say ground floor because you guys have already come a long way, but being in the early stages of a startup like this with already with some proprietary algorithm and some significant recurring revenue yep. in the past, like, you know, that's, that's kind of like the investor dream. So I'll definitely see if I get any bites and would love to help out in any way that I can. So that would be Omega. amazing. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate having you on. You know, Thank you for keeping my listeners on the cutting edge of different technology that's out there today, innovating the way that real estate is used. Because you know, for property owners, this is such a unique way for them to be able to maximize their revenue and have a company like yours manage it for them. And so huge opportunities out there and with the new digital world that we live in today, this is the type of stuff that becomes possible. So I commend you 100%. for being on the cutting edge.
1: Thanks, Jeff, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me and appreciate the kind words as well.
0: Absolutely, thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. If you want
0: to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show